Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. And I'm delighted to have Brent Pollington on the show today. Brent, fascinating guy. He's the owner of the Express Employment and the Specialized Recruitment Groups in Vancouver office. And over the past five years, his companies have helped over 750 Vancouver-based companies hire over 11,000 people. So they have been busy and they're doing all sorts of amazing stuff, both in their services and the way they do their marketing for candidates and for the business itself. So we're going to learn a lot. Brent, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, Ben, thanks for having me on. And also a famous podcast host, I believe. About a year and a half ago, I would say now, started the HR Doctors webcast podcast. Really, the goal was to share information primarily through LinkedIn, where I find a lot of like the market is for hiring, just to try to bridge the gap between the divide. Like In Vancouver, the labor market is so tight and challenging for businesses. You know, there's businesses here that really have a hard time hiring people. There's job seekers that are struggling to find work. I don't understand how those two things can exist at once. And there's this gap and divide. There's this competitive market. I saw one of our clients were doing a bit of an analysis the other day where there was over 450 positions listed for this particular role that they were trying to hire for. And there's no way that there's 450 rock star applicants out there. There's a ton of job seekers and we're getting hundreds of applicants per position. But there's this disconnect, there's this required expectation of having a certain set of experience or whatever it may be. And then again, we see it all day long in the LinkedIn news feed about job seekers that have been through the ringer and had to jump through all these hoops. And so I try to connect with whether it's job seekers, brand new to the market, tenured executives that are struggling to make that transition, coaches that help job seekers or executives, and then HR professionals, talent acquisition, anybody that kind of works in that space really to just dig in, get some insights and context and see if there's a way to unlock something, kind of get a light bulb moment for somebody and just whether it's helping a business kind of get past that roadblock or a job seeker, do something different to help them with their job search, anything to really bridge that gap. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking back in my experiences as an HR person and Many was the conversation where I had an employee who was upset or annoyed about something and they'd come to me as the HR guy, let's say, and actually ask me, you work for the employees, don't you, as the HR? And I'd always say to them, look, I'm going to be completely straight up with you. I work for the company. I'm happy to listen to stuff and take on board your comments and help you with things, but I'm always going to refer you back to your line manager and stuff like that. And then I would explain where my role fitted. And that was around helping the company get the best out of its people and all that sort of stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Do you see either employees or the workforce not quite understanding the role of either HR or of how employers actually operate and need to be sort of profitable enterprises? I think it goes both ways. I mean, especially through COVID, HR has transformed. Like it's no longer a singular entity in the business where HR covers this multitude of topics. It's DEI, it's people culture, it's benefits, it's talent acquisition. It's all these different things. And it's really interesting I've got a great client of ours that we work with. She's actually a guest of my program in the past, Carrie, with Aura Office Environments. And she's very much HR for the organization, but she's also very much HR for the employee. And if an employee comes to her and they're open and honest about their long-term goals aren't 
aligned with the long-term goals of the organization, she really feels her job is to operate within the best interest of the organization, but that might be to operate within the best interest of the employee for the two-year window while they're going to be there and really ensuring that they thrive while they're there and trying to create an environment of transparency because nothing's worse than having somebody give you two weeks notice with zero context or even a semblance that they weren't happy in their role. And I think if you don't have that open door policy, you'll kind of like open the door to that happening. And that's way worse for the business because we all know it's impossible to replace, especially like an A player in two weeks. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's a really interesting one. And yes, I would 100% agree. HR's job is to help the organization through its human capital profit and be a successful business in the market because without the business succeeding, none of these positions exist. And that was something we kind of talked about a little bit is that I think one of the greatest disconnects is that it's not discussed even internally in most organizations that the business is there to be profitable and that that means in your role, whatever your role is, whether it's reception admin, whether it's accounting, whether it's operations, customer service, every position exists for the company to be profitable. I've never heard of a company hiring for a position to go, we want to lose a ton of money on this job. They might not say the role of this position is to make the company a ton of money. But again, whether it's an admin person, that person's job is to enable other people in the organization to be more functional and strategic and to absolutely do the things they need to do that generate revenue for the organization. Every role is tied into it. And if the organization isn't profitable, none of these jobs exist. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to love, particularly during boom times when there's the benefits and the bonuses and stuff like that. I just remember having an angry engineer complaining about the quality of the fancy wine that he was given as a thank you. And it wasn't even bonus time. It was just, you're doing a great job. And he wasn't happy with a particular vintage. So yeah, I think not everyone's aware of maybe. So I want to get back into Express Employment. Can you tell us a little bit about the business and you know the kinds of organizations that you help? Yeah. So we've been in business here in Vancouver for, I believe, eight years will be in May. Nice. The company is, I believe, 40 years old, about 850 offices across North America. And they've got offices now in New Zealand, I believe, Australia, South Africa, starting to become a bit more of a global presence. In my office here in Vancouver, Express is a quick-to-fill solution. So be for positions where you need temps, like quick turnarounds. Often it's where the market will provide a really great candidate, but you just need someone quick and we can provide the speed. Specialized Recruitment Group is more of a strategic, like headhunting, critical positions, longer searches. And so the two work really well together. And then the third that we offer here in our office is some advisory services. So one yeah. of the things that we do a lot in our office is try to you know, help our market as best possible. Our mission is to help companies in Vancouver hire great people. And it doesn't say anywhere in there that it means that it has to be through us. And so we understand that not every company can afford to engage an agency. You know, some of our placement fees can be 20, 30, 40, 50, $60,000. There's so many companies that just wouldn't be able to afford that. And so we try to provide, uh, whether it's through advisory services or whether it's just in terms of information to the market or even engaging with companies that we know won't be able to engage us and just trying to benefit our community by providing advice and guidance and coaching. It has become even harder for companies to hire. It's really hard for job seekers to find jobs. And so 
yeah, we offer some solutions from a recruitment standpoint, but also try to work with our community, whether that's the job seekers or the businesses and try to unlock the challenges in the market because it's just so hard and it seems like it's always changing. And, you know, in pandemic times, it was all about innovating. And I feel like we innovate all the time and create new processes and find ways to be more strategic and we try to share them as much as possible. That's good. I would almost say that you're being too modest there because you guys are very innovative. And even with the way you share information and help organizations and help the business community through your advisory services, but you've actually almost packaged up the way you advise. And in some cases, I think you sell your advisory services to help them improve the attraction and retention processes, whether that's the quality of the descriptions or the employer branding side of things. Can you tell us how do you actually structure your advisory service? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think a really interesting one that I read recently that really transformed how we do things is Alex Hormozzi's $100 million leads, his recent book that just came out, really inspired by the stuff that he shares. He is all about lead magnets and trying to find ways to attract people to your business. And we were already doing these advisory services, but maybe hadn't packaged them up in the best way. Really what was happening is we were engaging with our clients through the process of working with them. We would often find that there were things our clients were doing that we either saw or didn't see that was resulting in either the process blowing up on us and not being able to make a successful hire or a candidate failing in the first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days or six months. And some of our guarantees on our placements are up to a year. Wow. And, you know, we don't have any control post-placement. And so what happens if at the six-month mark, someone's determined not to be a fit, and yet our client interviewed them through their entire process after we submitted them over? Like, how do we not only protect our investment, but also help our client understand that, no matter what, we all lose there. You know, the candidate loses, maybe they weren't the right person, but a lot of times they were the right person. Like we made this informed decision. So was it that just something critical slipped through the cracks on our side? Did it slip through the cracks on the client side? Did the candidate misrepresent something or were they just not set up for success? And I found for the most part, that's ultimately where it would be. And so we started digging in, I call it the three pillars of successful hiring, recruitment and retention. And so the first piece is your culture, vision, mission, values, like what you're actually looking to do in the market. What's your company's visibility like to the market and to the job seeker? We've got one client that we recently worked with where they've got, I think, 30 negative reviews on Glassdoor and didn't even know it. Wow. And there were candidates. We didn't even know it either. We had it looked and we had one candidate that said their reviews are terrible. We went and looked. They've had a thousand employees come through their doors over the last like 20, 30 years and right now have about a hundred people that would write them five-star reviews, but they didn't even know it was a weakness they had. And so now they're building a campaign about how to kind of change their presence. But I think on that front end, it's a lot about just understanding who you are, how you show up in the market. And the hardest part on that front end is what I try not to do as an advisor, as a coach or consultant is give like a year's worth of homework. Like you need to read seven books on culture, vision, and mission, and then reinvent your organization. Like it's just not going to work. Right. So it's really just about is there one or two or three small things. The second one is on the recruitment process. We obviously have a defined recruitment process internally that we run through. So if there are clients or businesses that whether we work with them or not are struggling in their process, if we can give some of our playbook away and say, this is how we do it. This is what we'd suggest you do. And then the last is on when you hire someone, how you set them up for success 
pre-boarding, onboarding, just really making sure that they're a good fit in the organization. They get all the things they need to be successful. And so the interesting thing with all this is we were charging $250 an hour per session just to cover you know, my, I guess, time invested away from the business to help give them these tools and resources. And through being inspired by Alex Ramosi's book, created a more refined understanding for us internally of all the different areas we provide that coaching and guidance on and just started giving them all away for free and would do like a 15 minute kind of hybrid session for somebody to, to just see if there's a true alignment, if they're inspired, then doing one or two more sessions. Because I think for the most part, that's probably enough. Like my goal isn't to be like, here's one or two, and now I'm going to sell you on why you need 10 of them. It's not our core business. Our core business is really the specialized recruitment group where we make strategic placements in organizations, charge these really great recruitment fees and make these impact hires for these organizations. Effectively, the temp stuff at Express and these lead magnets are really just there as, again, lead magnets to help us bring business in and then earn the opportunity to do the larger placements. And so in one or two sessions, if I can give them one or two easily actioned pieces of homework that they can transform, whether it's how to write a better job description and using ChatGPT to do it where it's really not homework, or that you've already got a great culture, let's use a tool, come up with some core values, and then just kind of use that as a bit of a framework to run through your interview process, whatever it may be. It was just this transformative thing of here's stuff we're already doing and not really selling it. And there have been people where we've done these one or two sessions and they go, okay, we need 10 of these. How do we like get you to do this? How can we implement it in our organization? And it was uh, really transformative for us where we've done, I think just under $20,000 in advisory services this year to our clients. We've like not been pushing or selling them. In fact, we've been giving them away for free and then having people be like, these are great. We want more. How do we make that happen? Nice. And you've yeah. been selling them in hourly blocks. It's not any fancy blocks of four or 10 or anything like that. It's just when they need them or how are you doing it? Yeah, like for the the initial like session or two, again, haven't really been charging for them and just been, hey, you know, we post stuff all the time on our social media. If you're struggling in these areas, we try to really push these lead magnets and say, again, whether you're a client of ours or not, we want to help. If this resonates with you as the audience, then we want to help you. We'll give this to you for free. If we do one or two sessions, my biggest ask at the end isn't that they buy or they hire from us. It's that they maybe give us a five-star Google review if they feel that we really helped impact their business. And then if through those sessions they go, this has been really transformative. And in speaking further, we know that we need more. Then we'll look at a holistic going, okay, this is the greater problem you're looking to solve. This is what I think it would take to do it. That's going to be whether that's five or 10 sessions. We just go, this is, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. do this at a $3,000 or $5,000 package. And we're going to go through it until you and we both feel that you've got enough of a system and process dialed in internally to really affect change. I love it. It's so clever. And so a few thoughts for people listening. If you're stuck going, well, what does Brent mean by lead magnet? So that's to simply a resource, whether that's something in writing, like a written guide, PDF, white paper, or it can be a spreadsheet or a checklist, whatever, all sorts of different things could be lead magnets. But the idea is that a sales lead sees this thing, thinks that's really cool. I would like to exchange that for my name and email address or phone number or a contact or a session or something like that. So that's what lead magnets are. And that just so powerful. I use them all the time and I encourage everyone to do that. So we will also have the link to Alex Hormozy's book there because he's got a couple there, the $100 million offers and $100 million leads. And real quick, 
acquisition.com has yeah. both of his books with free courses to go through with resources like he has done such an amazing job and he's really transparent with why he does it and i think it ties really well into this which is his goal of sharing all these resources is if your business isn't doing three to five million annually then these will help you get there. And when you're at that 5 million mark, reach out to him. His company will partner with you guys. They'll add their fractional resources in your business and then try to ramp it up to 10 or 20 or $50 million in exit. And so we really embraced that and did the same thing, which is all these lead magnets, we 100% try to give them away for free without any expectation of you doing business with us. Because if I can provide you with massive value, that if someday something does come up or you have a conversation with somebody, you're going to come back to us because we've demonstrated that we're not just here to try to sell you. We're not a transactional vendor. You're going to get 10x value for your 1x spend with us. It was so transformative to like hear that, how he articulates it, how he did it for his business. And so we really try to take the perception that this is going to be a 15 minute thing. And then you're going to try to sell me a $10,000 package. <laughs> I charge 250 bucks an hour because I feel that's what I need to charge for me to justify me spending an hour away from my business. Mm. You know, it's not about me making money. It's about me trying to break even and not operate this coaching session at a loss. And again, I'll do one or two for free. And then after that, I kind of go, I'll step away from my business just to come and spend time with you to help you, but I can't do it at a loss anymore. Yeah. And they're happy to pay it because they're like, we've already got such value on the front end. And again, if they have a search come up, it's been massive because they come and go, we know what we're going to get here and it's going to be good. Yeah. And a couple of other things you mentioned, the fact that look, the free sessions, not charging, but if you think it's been useful or you've found it helpful, a Google five-star review would be amazing just to help. And so keeping that machine ticking over to get some positive feedback for Google searches really is an excellent idea. But the big concept was a little phrase you used in there. The reason you looked at setting up this advisory service or, or having sessions and helping people with their attraction, retention, hiring processes was to, quote, protect your investment, I think it was. You know, in case you get chargebacks, you know, your guarantee, that sort of thing, to help them keep it in because... I think every HR-related person has been heavily involved in recruitment, let's say, and they've got all these applicants in and they've filtered through and done all the sorting, all this huge work, only to have a hiring manager walk in and act like an idiot in the interview and not having read the CVs or ask stupid questions and then just making the company look dumb. Or you've hired someone who's you're so proud to have got them and then their first day, their orientation is, here's your desk, off you go, see you later, and not even show them the, you know, the bathroom. So giving them the advice on how to ensure that they do things properly, it protects your investment. So I think that's genius. Two things in there yes. real quick. One was I was already doing it. Yeah. Like I was already working with my clients because we've obviously, you know, created some really phenomenal partnerships throughout the years of working in our market here. And I was in talent acquisition for five years with another company before starting my own. And so whether it wasn't working or it was working or they were just reaching out and kind of picking my brain, was already doing it. I just didn't realize that I was doing it in a way where I should be charging for my time. And the really phenomenal piece that came out of it was, is I think one of the greatest challenges we're faced with as consultants or external HR or external you know, support systems is that Sometimes we try to sell people that the information we have is really valuable and they should pay us for it. But I think it's really hard to shift somebody's mindset to help them come over. And I think even further, if you are selling and you have to convince them that it's like an unnecessary uphill battle. Yeah. 
And that when you kind of go to a client, maybe we're working with them and we give them a bunch of advice and then we go, hey, look, like it sounds like there might be like a bigger picture issue here. I think I can work through with you on it. But if I'm going to spend one or five or 10 hours with you, I can't do this as part of our recruitment service. Like we have to run a profitable business. And if you think it's an important enough issue for you, then the money's not going to be a huge factor. It really just comes down to, is it a big enough problem for them and do they see it? And if not, then like me selling my service to them and trying to charge them 250 bucks, they're never going to be happy. And so I think it was really transformative to just kind of have that realization that I was already consulting with my clients and giving them this advice, which I'm happy to do and continue to do it. But that if there's a deeper underlying issue there that's preventing them from being successful, whether it's, I mean, my favorite, I had a client the other day where I was trying to do a facilitated interview with them where we're in the interview with them, often as a passive observer. And they're like, I don't want you there. I'm an accountant. I've been an accountant for 20 years. I've interviewed all these people. I know what I'm doing. And I finally convinced them to do it. And I was like, it was terrible. Like, <laughs> yes, they've been interviewing for 20 years, but I mean, we've placed 15,000 people in the last five years with a thousand companies in Vancouver. Like we're interviewing hundreds of people every week. Like my team are experts. It's all we do. And just because someone's been at it for however long. And again, for us, it's not about, you know, giving someone homework. It's just if there's two or three small little tweaks, we can give them to help them be better in their process. That's sometimes all it takes. Yeah. And we all know that they could have been doing it 20 years, just doing it badly. So yeah, 100%. The duration doesn't prove anything. I wanted to ask you about the way you have embraced the AI revolution, because I mentioned, you know, you're innovative and you're looking at new ways and you mentioned that you test different approaches. And so are you using AI or ChatGPT for any of your processes and the way you use that? Yeah. Our favorite one right now is when we engage with a client, did one yesterday for a two week temp reception assignment and do them a hundred percent of the time, whether it was just for a short two week job or for an executive level two, $300,000 or more executive position. We do a recorded intake with the client through Zoom where we'll ask all the information we need to understand to effectively go to market on their behalf and recruit for the role. And one of the most interesting innovations I felt came through that is we had a very structured where we dig into the nature of the vacancy first, then the organizational chart and how the position fits in, the role responsibilities, come up with a scorecard, how do we judge and manage the person, what does success look like, and ultimately in past experience, how do we look for alignment to be able to justify this candidate going to be successful in the role. The next piece was culture. I felt like I could get an understanding of their culture by having the conversation with them and understanding what was important to them. But through transcribing it and through the recording session, we would dig into the culture for the next piece. And then last would be a compensation. And so after this, we would transcribe it, we'd pop it into ChatGPT, we'd give it some prompts and say, hey, this is a transcription of an intake, help me create an internal position description and a summary of the information we've just gathered that we would then send to our client and say, this is what we're gonna go to market based on what we talked about. Do we have everything here that we need? And it ensured we didn't play that operator game back in the day where, you know, you play in elementary school or primary where you're going around the circle with the message and it gets so distorted. I want to make sure their internal team truly understands holistically, top to bottom, what we're going to market and what a good fit's going to look like and how we're going to collectively understand what a fit is. And then further, when we do identify candidates, we share it with them as well to create this really great alignment. And 
we could have done that on our own. We weren't doing it before, but I'm sure we could have, but probably didn't because it would have taken so much time to create that document. And with chat, it's a 15 minute process. And then further from there, we then take that approved summary with client notes and we create our external position description. And this is one of the things that we do a lot of our advisory services on with our clients or not clients in the market. We see so many people that are posting jobs that are job descriptions. And that transformative piece I talked about is where we take that culture, vision, mission piece. We go on their company website. We try to find all the things we can do that articulate to the job seeker in the market why this would be a great opportunity for you. And we don't post job descriptions. We post marketing and sales strategies out to the market to engage the talent in the market. And ultimately, you know, as I shared earlier, there was a job that we were looking at where there's 450 competing companies. Who is the job seeker going to apply to? Yes, whoever's got the best rate and wage, but we're looking for amazing people. This is why we're an amazing organization. This is how we show up to our people. Here's a couple details on the role and the position itself. We want to open that floodgate to the job seekers of getting them to apply to us. We do our screen. And then if someone is viewed as someone we're going to move forward in the interview process with, then we'll provide them with the comprehensive, this is what you're going to be signing up for document. And then the further last piece, again, using chat is coming up with a holistic kind of marketing strategy where we'll take that company and create a social post. And the best example would be, we often do this for companies that aren't working with us is have your internal summary and position description, have your marketing of the external position description that we're going to use to attract candidates and then come up with a cool kind of post that is going to say be shared by the director or the manager that says we're an amazing organization my team's looking to bring another great person on these are the three or four amazing things on why we're a great place to work we're looking for this just the title of the person and then the link to the description so it's got nothing to do with we're looking for a receptionist. Here's the stuff you'll be doing. It's we're an amazing company. We want great people to come work here. If you're looking for this type of role, click here. Then you're going to get inspired again. Then if you click there and you make it through the first step, then you can really see the details of the job because that's when it's going to matter when you as a job seeker are measuring and weighing what you bring to the table and what the client's looking for. And all that has been massively sped up by using chat and just giving it a couple prompts that we already have saved now because we've done it so much is just, okay, here's the summary. Here's the transcript. Give me the summary details. Great. Now that we've got the summary, create our advertisement for the position description. Great. Now that we've got that, here's a bit more information on the company. Give me a really great social post for LinkedIn to help us create a little bit more engagement. And then depending on our engagement or not, we use that to really share it out there, but not in a, here's a job. Do you want to buy it? Because again, we're competing for the best job seekers. And I think that is something that's greatly missed is companies just trying to sell themselves or say, here's a role. Do you want to buy it? Well, the best people aren't going to click on that. Absolutely. I love that. It reminds me of when I was recruiting in Australia for some roles during the boom time. So no one was applying for anything rather than here's the CV or get the position description. It was get the info pack and just put in your name and email. We'll send it to you. So they're not even applying. And so it's interesting the way you describe that. It's a bit like a sales funnel. So 100%. vastly improved, interesting marketing, let's say at the top of that funnel to bring them in. And then the first step just to get them intrigued, the next step where they've got more details, but they're starting to self-qualify in or out, all that sort of stuff. It's very clever. Well, and the same goes for the job seeker where if you're just applying and your resume on the pile, you know, there's tons of great advice and resource out there where you should be identifying the organizations you want to work with and try to network in with those organizations. And if you're going to be 
you know, starting your first marketing job, reach out to the director and the manager and say, hey, one day I want to work for your company. Like, what do you guys look for? Like, it's a funnel one way or the other. And I think if you look at it transactionally, you're going to get transactional results. If you don't put time and effort into creating a really great job posting that's going to stand out when you're in this uber competitive market, then you're going to get transactional applicants. And if you're a job seeker and you're not putting time, effort and energy into your holistic application process, you're going to get transactional results. And the ones that win are the ones who really go, this is important. And we see it all the time. There's some clients where they have it nailed and others where they don't. And I think it just comes down to like, you know, why is that? Because somebody realized somewhere along the way that this is really important. We need to do better. And there's no one right way to do it. I think it's just a matter of deciding whether or not it's something that's important to your organization. Is it something you struggle with? A true A player for one organization might be an unachievable, unrealistic hire. And maybe an A for them is something else. And you just got to figure out like who your actual market is and then try to find a way to open that funnel. Absolutely. Now you've shared so much great information and insight and the way you've innovated and developed these very clever processes within the company. Just my final question is around how have you marketed and acquired new clients? So from the external marketing perspective, any experiences, any successes on the way you've done that? And then any advice for others who are running sort of HR related businesses? Yeah. I haven't figured out a hundred percent how to turn the faucet on. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the hardest things in staffing and recruitment is like having a steady flow of companies that come to us where we get the most true cold leads is from people doing Google searches and we're there. I need to buy. I'm in pain. Who can help me? We've got a really amazing presence online. We produce a ton of content. I've got the HR doctors webcast podcast. I do a newsletter. I produce a ton of social media content. My marketing team does a ton for express company page. We do a ton of cold calling. We do a ton of cold door pulls, walking into businesses. And again, I think most recently, the biggest transformative piece has been reaching out to businesses. And so again, as a staffing and recruitment company, one of the easiest ways to kind of identify our market is companies that are posting and advertising positions. And so we set up lead alerts on the job boards. And if somebody has a job, I assume for the most part, they have a system internally, they have a process that they have the intention of hiring on their own and that it can be almost a hit to the ego or an impossible path if I'm trying to tell you that your system is broken and we can do it better. Like, who am I to tell yeah. you that? Versus going in and saying, hey, like, friendly reminder alongside the 10, 15, 20 other agencies that are calling them, because obviously that yeah. happens. So then how do you differentiate yourself? Well, it's, hey, look, I get that you have a system. I get you have a process. You might not be in pain today. I looked at your job post. It looks amazing. Hey, do you have a really amazing like onboarding and pre-boarding system? If you do, amazing. If you don't, or even you do and you want to see something interesting, I've got a great document that I can send your way on like what we suggest our clients do. Or, you know, if you've been at it for a month and you haven't got the right person, well, hey, for 15 minutes, why don't we hop on and I'll see if I can transform your job post. Whether you use it or not, it's up to you. And instead of being like, I can help you hire, buy from me, it's really more, how can I help you, whether you hire from me or not? And I think if we can find a way to uncover a small pain point that's not gonna require them to do a ton of homework, they don't perceive or they get, or they truly realize that it's not followed with some elaborate sales pitch and it was all a bait and switch, that if we can help them and give them value and be transparent, that like, I wanna help you now so that one day, if you do use an agency, you'll consider us. That's been really transformative to open the door to those conversations because it's no longer, you have a problem and I can help you solve it if you pay me. It's really more, 
let me help you solve it first. And then if later on you need help, then you'll think of us. That's great advice. So for people listening to this, there's a combination of good old-fashioned hustle in there. So getting out there and speaking to people, but then thinking about how to differentiate that approach and being a bit smart about it. So not just, hey, buy my stuff, but how can I help you? Whether that's information written form, some coaching type sessions, 15 minutes here, there, an hour there, in the view that either they maybe give feedback. Again, we mentioned the Google Five Star thing, or they join the newsletter and so you keep in touch that way or maybe they listen into the webinar the podcast stuff or when the next vacancy comes along and they're just outnumbered by the roles versus the people trying to fill them then they'll turn to you for that sort of business so i think that's a really creative and clever and hard-working approach as well so it's a nice mix final question then if people want to learn more about express employment and the specialized recruitment groups the vancouver office what should they do next yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is where I spent a ton of time. We've got a great presence there. It's probably the number one place. You can, of course, find our websites as well. I think it's Express Employment, Professionals, Vancouver, the Specialized Recruitment Group, but that's a big, long Google search. Express Employment Vancouver on LinkedIn, or just look me up and you can find both pages linked there. Awesome. Well, we'll have all those sort of links in the show notes, so do check them out if you're on the go. But otherwise, Brent, you've done amazing work so far, and I love how creative you are and also how hardworking you are at the same time, but combining them is going to provide a bright future, I'm sure. So thanks very much for sharing your insights and advice today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate that you're doing the same thing and just sharing with the community. It's great. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.